You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome everybody to the 9to5 Entertainment System where we get local in the latest episode. What do we talk about? We talk about Old Dirty Bastard's Teeth, we UFC do. 217, Road Tips, Don't Kim Campbell This, John. We talk about huh. a new mare earlier on. We also talk about a maze. Scott got hit in the head, and we, we get into that. <laughs> and then we talk about Baby Driver for the second time, Cars 3, and a letter from the listeners. All this and probably a little bit more on the 9 to 5 Entertainment System. Back to old dirty bastard's teeth. Do we want to? I feel old like that dirty people bastard. missed out a lot of fun in the pre-show. Of <laughs> <We're> <laughs> talking about old dirty bastard's teeth. Who was the other one? Paul Wall. Paul Wall was the other one who had who legitimately had no teeth. Oh, and um, what's his face? The Dustin. Machine gun. Machine gun Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, yeah, I think he also has no teeth. So you do a lot of meth, and then you get famous, and then you replace your teeth with diamonds. I mean, they're, they're going to go eventually, right? <laughs> famous rapper Bond villain. Mm-hmm. One or the other. So anyway, you guys, local news. No one cares. Montreal has a brand new UFC champion, GSP. Oh, God. Yeah! <laughs> Man, that was a good night. I can't believe how much fun that whole that show was. was. Front to back, that was an amazing night. UFC 217 yep. killed it on all. For Did all three of us watch it? I guess yeah. so. I watched the, the, the last match, not the whole thing. You know, I watched the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. So, uh, who's it? Mickey Gall had to bail a week before because his head got kicked in during yep. training. And then uh, Hendricks replaced him to fight Costa. Like a champ! Hendricks, balding and not in great shape. He was kind of chubby, fought Costa. But still, holy crap, did Hendricks take a beating. Oh, Costa man. just beat him up <laughs> a lot. And Hendricks just didn't go down. And like it started to show on Costa being like, what's up with this guy? And Hendricks is just like, I'm 38. <laughs> I've been in 44 UFC fights. It's, it's really they hard. Call me I, big rig. You, you <laughs> zipped all over the real difference in their height and appearance. Like his, he, like Hendricks is this old chubby guy. Who looks, <laughs> like I'm sure he's still MMA shaped, but he really yeah. looks like a pudgy 40 year old. Versus Costa, Costa's like, like this 25 year old god. Boom, rock chiseled <laughs> muscles everywhere, and he's like like another six inches over him. And yeah. Hendricks took the fight on two days' notice, three days' notice. Yeah, like yeah, like I mean, that's a payday. You, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. But, a, but they still go. Hey, but I'll, can, I'll do this one, and you guys owe me, right? <laughs> yeah. Or, or it was, you know, whatever, triple his usual pay. Yeah, to it must come in. Big, big, come in, you're going to get beat up real bad for 10 minutes. And, and well, that was like the Anderson Silva UFC 200 deal when uh, John Jones got uh, busted again, right? And then mm-hmm. they were just sort of like, we need someone for DC to beat up. And Anderson Silva was like, I'm a big name. <laughs> Speaking of old and pudgy, did you guys see DC in the announcer's booth? Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, huh. He just Dan, Dan Cormier. Hmm. I mean, I guess he can cut. I guess so. <laughs> like, I feel like he can get into shape really well. He was the, the, the big dude that was in the announcer's booth with uh, Joe Rogan and the uh, skinny white dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so they often have like a former, a, former UFC guy. Uh, yeah. Current UFC champion. Current UFC cur- Yeah, in this case, current UFC champion. Yeah, exactly. Dominic's done it a couple of times. Dominic Cruz has done it a few times. Yeah, that fight was good. Then there was the, uh, the Wonder Boy fight. versus yeah. The, the, after that, there was the Wonder Boy versus the dude. 
Wonder Boy, Mike Wonder Boy Thompson is just insane in the ring. I would say he seems to be the most, like, of all of the UFC fighters in any weight class, he seems to be the guy who, like, has worked fighting into, like, a weird science. Mm -hmm. Just, like, shifting between, like, countless stances. He doesn't move like anyone else. Yeah, like, his legs are always doing the opposite kind of of what you're expecting, and he's a big leg guy. So, and he's yeah. just, like, his stance is changing all the time. He, like, continually gives up his head. He's always, like, baiting the guy. Mm -hmm. Like, he's this, like, super technical fighter who just isn't, as a result, is not that flashy and just, like, routinely wins but on points. He kept getting these incredibly dense sidekicks, back kicks, like, always, uh, like, just under the block, just under the guard, and, yeah. and he, he's, like, precise like a fucking surgeon with yeah. these huge leg things. It was amazing. And then he, then he goes and he gives his, uh, his post-fight interview is, like, literally, he's, like, first of all, talking about how he's broken his thumb, he's fairly sure, like, yeah. with this calm, cool, collected in voice. In the third round or something. Yeah, he's, and like, he yeah, I came into the weird angle, and I think I, like, I broke my thumb, and, like, and da-da-da-da, and he's just, he's, like, Talking about what's going on on the screen as though giving a, like an analysis commentary on yeah. the fight he was just in, like <laughs> not not out of breath, not yeah. like looking for words, just like literally sounded like a play-by-play -play announcer. He, I think he was also 59 and 0 in his kickboxing record. Yeah. Like, this is a dude who has been fucking around. Yeah. yeah. Just all, but he can't beat Woodley. Woodley's beat him twice. Man, I can't He's wait the to number see one that again. Oh, man, those Woodley highlights they showed? Yeah. Like, who's next? Tyrone Woodley. And then they showed, like, a montage of what Woodley does. Huh. Woodley? Woodley wasn't on the card. He no. wasn't on the card. It was like, what's next for... Yeah, for oh. the yeah, yeah, yeah. Woodley's really And good. they showed a three-minute montage of Woodley just tearing people apart. That like was a four-year-old. Uh, swinging his hands around and <laughs> it was in the the post fight uh, show. Okay, hmm. but yeah, I said Woodley like, it, and it's like the that entire weight division is just like up to trouble because it's just sort of like you have Woodley and Thompson who are clearly number one and number two, but when they fight each other, it's incredibly boring. And they're hmm. they're welterweights, right? Yeah, yeah. That's GSP's division. Technic or are they middleweights? No, GSP is middleweights. GSP is the middleweight champion. Yeah, he's right the middleweight now. champion from Bisping. Yeah, so I guess they're Welter. Yeah, I thought they were taller than that. Hmm. Hmm. They look yeah. pretty small for Welter. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's yeah, that's GSP's weight class. So does he cut down and yeah, he cut. Wreck well, that, that's or? that's the rumor. That's the rumor, right? Like the rumor is is that like if GSP can still go, which as of UFC 217, he absolutely can. Like he took out a guy outside of his weight class and like hmm. fairly handily. Like not to say Bisping was like a chump. He said at the end he was like he was badly beat. Yeah, yeah, exactly, but yeah. that's it. But like even Bisping but, afterwards. But GSP like, says that about every fight. Yeah. He's very conciliatory in yeah. his victories. <laughs> and the best part, not to say the best part, but just that he like nailed the fake out Superman punch in the first round. I was like, I don't even know when GSP has last hit a Superman punch, <laughs> let alone anyone in the UFC <laughs> like, <laughs> hit a Superman punch right at the end of the round. Huge pop from the crowd. But yeah, so the supposedly the uh the booking the booking dream scenario is GSP beats Bisping once his comeback. GSP because GSP wanted Bisping because they had like sparred like years ago, and hmm, GSP yeah. was like, "I'm very sure I have this guy's number." Like, regardless of the fact that he's probably improved, like GSP's also been training. Yeah, maybe not fight training, but training. He looked in pretty again, good shape. Again, they said in the um, in the post fight mm. commentary that he spent the last four years learning new martial arts. Yeah. Wow. And. Cormier was like, "That's not a thing you can do when you're champion." Yeah, you're always, you're always, you're just, you're looking at the next fight and you're preparing for that guy. You can't go start branching out. You're not learning around an art. You're else. learning how to take what you know yeah. and apply it against that opponent. The very next guy, right? You're never like learning like a, a new discipline. <laughs> you know, you're just sort of like, "What do I know? What can I use against this guy's right. style?" But we're jumping over because the women's fight was interesting too. 
Yes, um, Strawweight Championship. Strawweight yeah. Champion with uh, Joanna Dedrzejczyk. Massacring her name, I'm sorry. Joanna, mm-hmm. as she is simply known now. Mm-hmm. Uh, 8-0 in championship fights. This was her... Decisively. Yeah. Yeah, 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 decisively. I don't think... And she's ever, never gone the distance. And then uh, Rose Namajunas. Namajunas, that's right. Uh, knocks her ass out. <laughs> you know what it was? Just butter. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, her post-fight was, she was so good. So she was good. like, Rose Namajunas, like, new strawberry champion. How does that sound to you? And she's like, sounds like butter. <laughs> that was, like, best reaction. <laughs> so, so everybody in the room is like, yeah! We're, we're on board with this <laughs> yeah, we're girl. Just like, we're immediately on and board. She's, she just starts talking about, like, you know, this is nothing. You know, everybody got to love each other. We just need to hug exactly. more. I'm just using the gifts that I have as a fighter. I know but, it's fighting, but it's just entertainment. But it's just entertainment. We're all here entertaining because everybody needs to hug more. Yep. We could be, like, a whole lot happier. And, like, this belt means nothing. But, I mean, like, this belt also means everything. <laughs> like, you know, like, just like, oh, was... crap, I just said this belt means nothing. Yeah. Like, I am now the champion and face of a division. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Rose yeah. Namajunas. Yeah, it's just so into it. And uh, yeah. I, 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 It was kind of a lucky knockout. She got a really, really good blind left hook. That yeah, just, it, yeah, it was a lucky KO. Yeah. Uh, I, I talked about it during the, uh, during the event, and I've seen similar things online, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of kind of conspiracy that Joanna dropped it to her. Really? Yep, because Joanna's never had a solid payday despite being having won a title and then defended it successfully like seven times in a mm. row and been like probably the most dominant person in a weight class of the last like two, three years. She's like, I think her biggest payout was like $100,000 for a fight, which okay. is like absurdly low for a champion who's right. defended the belt and like consistently like UFC, she wasn't on UFC 200. Her title defense was on the fight night beforehand. Wow. Like, that's a bummer. Yeah, that sucks. Right? And, like, a big part of it is that she didn't speak English until, a lot, like, recently very well. Mm-hmm. She's improving her English. Like, not super charismatic. Just, like, a really dominant fighter. So there's a lot of, like, rumblings in the fight world that she dropped the fight because the rematch now everyone's interested in. Right. Like, which she she did in the moment after she took the face hit. She stumbled back into the fence and then took a took a naked hit to the face. Yeah. Right. I don't know. That takes that takes a heck of a lot of balls to do and, that. And not for nothing. Anyone who's getting a title shot in UFC can throw a punch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. even oh, if it's a lucky punch, the, like yeah. they, they've spent time punching a bag. Yeah. A lot of time. With, without <laughs> a doubt. But at the same time. And but already they were like. The uh, uh, Nami Yunez Joanna rematch has more buzz around it than any fight she's had in the last three years. Right. So they're both going to get paid a lot more money than if Joanna just won. Hmm. Like, it's so. I'm like, I hope that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, because you don't want to hear throwing fights for cash. But, like, I can also almost, like, get into that mindset where you're like, wait a second, I've been a champion for, like, two or three years consecutively, def- like, won the belt and then defended it against everybody who came, and I can't get a paid day mm-hmm. out of this? Like, yeah, but that's straw weight, though. Like, people you know, people aren't going to do big, big buy-ins on straw weights. No, but men, men, too. You go to super lightweights. The fights aren't as... Yeah, they're you, not... You end up, like, Wonder as... Boy touching hands for the whole fight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. But you have, like, the prestige... But I mean, but it's still like a bit of a payout. Is not like you still want to keep a, your champ happy, I would think. Even in a I lower mean, weight guess, class. But even if you were looking at boxing, you, the like the flyweights are not going to get huge pay-per-view paydays. But if you maintain not. your championship for like several years and you're only making like a little bit more money than John is, okay, okay, okay. So it's <laughs> you know, no, no, I'm just saying. I, either way, I can see that mentality because like this is going to be a fight now, a fight with more 
more viewer investment in it than if she, like she yes. will get paid more money for the rematch than she would on another title defense. And it's the fourth fight, uh, the fourth fight was uh, Cody Garbrandt versus T.J. Dillashaw. Oh, yeah. Team bro fight. Yeah, <laughs> like two of the biggest bros, and oh, there's the other one. Uh, All up in each other's grill. Yeah, exactly. Who's the other one? Elijah. There's like three. There's like three mega bros. <laughs> Two of them are on Team Alpha Male. One of them used to be on Team <laughs> Alpha Male and then moved on to, like, another team. Just the the level of insanity that you need to be on to be your fighting team is Team Alpha Male. <laughs> it's just, like, it kind of tells you everything you need to know mm-hmm. about the dude. Cody Garbrand is, like, one of my favorites just as a as a natural heel. Like, as, <laughs> as a bad guy of the UFC, like... Connor, you know it right Connor away. Connor comes off as like a crazy person and kind of like, uh, I love it to be hated, but like. Uh, I love the Diaz boys for that. Don't for heels? <laughs> Being crazy <laughs> heels. Yeah, yeah. the Diaz boys are also kind of heels. But like Cody Garban is the dude who knocked down Dominic Cruz, who was like the monster of the division for a while, and then stopped and did push-ups in the ring. During the fight, like instead of going for like, a, like, more, like, like more strikes or like hammer strikes or whatever, just push-ups even this fight when he like when he took down dillashaw and then like did this weird little dance move and then ran his fingers yep. through his hair like in the fight i'm like you're the best yeah he has uh, the tattoo of a gun in the back of his drawers because he's the worst person alive <laughs> like, just like everything yeah. <laughs> the guy just like exudes pure like heel charisma just like i am the biggest douchebag you'll probably meet. Even more so, like, it's not always evident uh, when you're looking at them in, like, the octagon because they're the same size. But even more so when this guy's weighing 135 pounds. Like, his walk-around weight is, like, maybe 160. You know? So I'm like, this guy is, like, my size, probably. <laughs> Walking around with that much, like, asshole swagger just oozing out of him. Anyway, then Dillashaw knocked his ass out, and it was yeah. the best. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like you just want you – it's like kind of like a – I wanted it to happen, and then it did. Yeah, exactly. Yay. But I'm like, which is exactly what you want from a fight. Like, you want the bad guy to lose, you know? Yep. Like, yep. But you also want him to win sometimes because you want him to build up a mystique, you know? Like, Great which he fun. did. Yep. And then, yeah, obviously, Bisping versus GSP was, like, super, super cool. Just watching even just, like, the difference in styles. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know when the last time prior to a GSP fight, when someone got knocked down on their back that the person, like – went into, like, a ground grapple. Like, that almost never happens anymore. People go and, like, drop for hammer strikes. Yep. They'll do a takedown or they'll come up. Like, but just, like, to try to, like, lock while someone has, like, uh, like on their, like, back guard or whatever. Like, that's stuff from four or five years ago. Like, for GSP to still yeah. be doing it, kind of crazy. And then that's ultimately kind of how he won. Like, it, uh, I mean, it's also how he almost lost. Yeah. Like, yeah. they were talking about, like, the... Because uh, he, got, he got countered in one of those... Very badly. Like, very badly. That's it. Like, yeah. one of the reasons that they talked about why you don't see that kind of thing in the fight anymore is that everybody's trained so much Brazilian jiu-jitsu that lying on your back with your four limbs up is like almost a position of strength even though the guy's on top of you because you can mm-hmm. bring your elbows up into his face and you can like capture catch him in your legs like Nate Diaz is like probably the most dangerous he is when he's lying on his back with his legs up in the air and you're like ah oh, I, I do want to punch him <laughs> right now he's punchy at four ends <laughs> yeah exactly but you're just sort of like but I also don't want to deal with like Nate Diaz having all of his limbs like available to him to like smash me in the face and like GSP went in for it mm-hmm. and totally Bisping opened him up with the elbows like pools of blood in Bisping's belly button which was kind of gross and then but that's then, a that's a thing GSP has always said though he's like I've got a, a soft squishy face yeah like he it's comes out bleed. of fights he comes out of fights but he's dominated and he looks like he, he 
got slammed into the turnbuckle well, 20 To be times. fair, he did get slammed by an elbow into his nose, oh, and that yeah, break that. was fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then yeah, the and, same, the, and the temple one, too. The yeah. temple hurt. Like, yeah. It looked but, like uh, it was. But at the same time, he didn't, like, move with the game plan and, like, totally baited Bisping into giving him up the throw. Like, with the, the quick, yep. like, coming yeah, into the arm, can't getting second. it, and then just, like, comes in with the left, and he just, like, you just see Bisping, like, move a little bit. And, and you, you know see the arm, dead. like, locks yeah. up underneath, and you're like, oh, oh buddy. That's it, buddy. And he's out. He went out. Yeah. Unconscious. No tap. You know how rough it is getting choked into unconsciousness and just saying, here we go. I can fight out of this. I'm not going to tap. Yeah. Well, who is it? Yep. Yeah, I'm well, gonna stay here until I die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like just like that. Like you, you know that like your hand like twitching to the side could stop it, and you're like, no, nope. I'm not going to do that. I can. I'm. N- I'm never gonna quit. Like, yeah. well, that was that was one of the best Joe's uh, Joe Rogan's calling. He was just sort of like he's like a stamina playing a factor right here because he's like GSP has like been four years out of the octagon and. Michael Bisping can just go for days, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah, that's kind of his thing. Like, GSP did look gassed the, in the in the round leading yeah, up, maybe which, five minutes leading up to the end. He was slowing down. Which I mean, but that's not. In addition to being outside of the octagon for four years, he was also like twenty pounds over the, yeah. his normal fight weight. So yeah. like, he's not. And thirty six years old. <laughs> yeah, but Bisping was thirty eight. Like, it's not like everyone's like. It's not like Bisping is a young fighter either yeah, you know I like oh, man. it's kind of no surprise though that it turned out really good like it's two experienced fighters yeah, you know, yeah. you're gonna see good shit and tricks and smart yeah. fighting and it really was that I think, yeah. like, I'm, I'm astonished at how much Anderson, yeah, Anderson Silva is fighting again I know it's so weird we, just, we saw that on the on one of the but I, I, I right. think that he's he, got a match he's currently ranked 8th yeah he's well, got a match in 3 weeks <laughs> but I mean yeah, GSP he, versus Silva could finally happen but that's not what's going to happen what's no, going to happen is that GSP is going to drop to welterweight probably beat Woodley because the the division needs a shot of uh, like anyway mm-hmm. and then he will also be a two weight champion and then it builds to Connor versus GSP for the biggest payday for both of them that UFC could muster that's like the booking it's so schemey but I, I guess want later, to see it you know huh? I guess later on you get Silva GSP yeah maybe they they because GSP Silva would be old maybe man a, fight huh good old man fight yeah exactly but that's what I'm saying but that, that, that like it's totally gonna be like a, a solid fit at like two twenty five or whatever I mean, no, more than that maybe two thirty like just like at some marquee event it'll be like a good middle of the Mac when they do like the yeah. three hour ones like when they have like a one of those cards with like eight fights on it or whatever hmm. I think that would be nobody needs a belt they could both be kind of past their prime it would just be a like a popcorn match of being like yay look at this go yeah. Hmm. but yeah because that was it the the whole booking plan which I mean what, makes sense do you think it's, Connor fights at Welter again that's Connor will fight at any weight for the right paycheck man and fighting <laughs> I mean, GSP yeah. is the right paycheck right like already everybody all over our UFC over our MMA is like like screw Connor, screw Silva, GSP's goat. Like that's it. Like greatest of all time. You're like that's not even. Would he sh- really put up a fight against GSP? Age. Connor? Oh yeah. yeah. Like age. Hmm. The age and the energy. Like Connor is still a very, very good fighter and a very tough man. And a very 20, tough man. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just hmm. think about the ability to go into a bo- go, uh, yeah, go, I know. In, go into a fight with the best boxer in the world and uh, not the, be completely the, completely the best, destroyed the best of boxer all time. of all time yeah. the best boxer of all time and not be completely decimated yeah and now he's like in the sport where he actually trains that is i would still put money on gsp I mean, like a maybe lot I haven't seen that many. Conference, I think a lot of people would, but yeah. that's the biggest money fight that UFC could sure, draw right sure, now. Sure, would sure. be GSP versus McGregor, just in terms of especially because heavyweights are fucking nuts in UFC right now. 
Do you know who the number one contender is in heavyweight? Overeem. He's like 47. I don't even know (laughs) how old Alistair Overeem is, but he's the number one contender. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the heavyweights are just, they stay. And like the weirdest part. Velasquez is gone. DeSantos is gone. Uh, Who's the other one? The the, the big guy with the beard. Big fat white dude with a beard. He's like still like four or five. Big country. Yeah. What's his name? Roy Trainer. Roy Truck Truck. I don't even know. But yeah, like the the heavyweights, it's so weird because there's dudes who've been around forever, and it's like because I think that like young crop can't hack it with these old guys who are just like here we go because there's like there's no weight limit on on uh, on, on heavyweight on heavyweight, so it's just like the chin on the older guys is like insane. They can't get knocked out, and they're just throwing around 300 pounds of mostly muscle right. into each other, and there's like you, like these guys come up and they're like no thank you. So you have all these like in the top five, there's all these dudes like north of 35 years old. There's no like young up and coming heavyweights because hmm. they're all like, eh, I don't want. It's kind of a problem. I don't want to deal with this old man business. They need an. It's, in- it's a problem because it's no draw. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like since Brock, I can't think of a heavyweight draw. Like Velasquez yeah. dos Santos, they had three matches for the belts. Yeah, heavyweight, heavyweight is just not fun in UFC. Like it's not the same as like because boxing's all stand up and you're like even if they get tuck- big hits, the even big if they get tuck- tuckered out, they're always throwing bombs and whatever. But it's like. Like groundwork on in heavyweights is just kind of sad. Like mm. they get gassed so fast because yeah. they're like moving all around the octagon and they got to like take each other down. Like it's just, I yeah, I, I think honestly, other than Brock, and it was because Brock was faster than all of them. Yeah, before Brock, it was like Randy Couture, and, and that was a long time. That ago. was a long time ago. But anyway, Montreal, uh, Montreal's own GSP mm-hmm. back in the UFC game champion. Do you want to talk about the mayor? Yeah, I guess so. We have yeah. a new mayor. That's yeah. cool. There we go. Here we go. Uh, we were talking about this in the email thread today. Uh-huh. Uh, that I really feel like it was like a f- like Denis Cordaire. I mean, not to say I feel bad for him because everything about him kind of screams doofus. Mm-hmm. But like he did run a relatively like corruption-free term as we mayor. Don't know as, as his pro- well, he was never caught. I mean, so at least he's smart enough to be <laughs> smart corrupt. But uh-huh. yeah, like, but, that, no. but that's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm sure like Formula E and all that stuff. Like, I'm, like I, obviously there's some money's pockets that are getting lined somewhere but i think that's city they sold five thousand tickets it was just because who cares about formula e well okay but, but his but his clearly big, his our 25 million dollars of taxpayer money yeah, oh yeah, does like, care being being dumb with the money is definitely a Kodera thing the freaking concrete stumps for three million dollars twenty yeah. million dollars to put lights on wait the was he the one who did the um the the gazebo for two hundred fifty thousand yeah. or yeah. something yeah. right okay so yeah, but being bad with money, but at the same time, he his his actual like as as much as we can crap all over his this in hindsight, his platform was to increase and raise tourism and put Montreal back on the map as an international city. Mm-hmm. And by all rights, like tourism numbers have been on the rise with him as mayor. Yep. So I'm like, for all this crap that while we're sitting in the city being like light up bridge and like all that stuff, some of it was working because tourism mm-hmm. like increased under his mayoralship. You know, maybe that's just not worth two terms. It's possible, yeah. and I mean, yeah. and that's kind of uh, like Valerie Plant kind of said the same thing that she was like, "I'll let Montreal as an international tourist city like be its own thing, and I'm willing to work with uh, things like the Jazz Fest mm-hmm. and whatever else like that." But she's like, "I think that city spending could be better spent on infrastructure, like tourism things are going to happen without necessarily the city paying for it." Right. The city can like authorize it and work as partner and whatever else. Like they were talking about the Formula E thing. Paris paid nothing. For Formula E, it was paid for entirely by sponsorships. Hmm. New like, York paid nothing. Yeah, like for theirs, it was 
done in the city and paid by sponsors. Yeah, wow. exactly. That's it. Like the cities. Didn't okay, so can and mismanage their money. And yeah. goddamn, Montreal has a world class racetrack already. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. But I, I, mean, I just think the formula. They spent e- nine million dollars to make the streets racetrack ready. When when we have one. <laughs> There's literally only one track in North America that F1 cars race on, and it's that one. Yeah. It is the only F1 track that F1 cars race. It's a good track. It's yeah. a challenging track. It's. <laughs> It's like a world-renowned track on like the international stage. You know, I don't even know what it looks like. I've never been there. You should like go skateboarding on it. Yeah, or yeah. you can like, go bike riding on it. Huh? You could bike the track. You could the Gilles Villeneuve. No shit, I'm going yeah. to. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, exactly. That's I mean, I think that's also that's just like little stuff like that. That it wasn't that he was a bad mayor. It's that he pissed off enough people that didn't care before. Yeah. And like, I mean, I think I think the the, the pitbull ban was. Like in a weird way, like became a huge voting issue in yeah. a way that it should not have. Like, yeah. yeah, but again, he just he made it a big issue with a bunch of like protest prone people, like Mushalaga, Mill, and Verdun people yeah. who were just like otherwise unengaged in municipal politics. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. You're just sort of like you have a bunch of people who probably never voted for mayor in their life, and then you're just sort of like you put in this law which doesn't make a ton of sense. Now a lot of people don't like you. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I'm like, mm. and uh, especially when you see like big elections now it's such a cult of personality mm-hmm. yeah and he was on the set wrong, himself up to lose that on the, yeah, exactly he was like fully on the wrong side of it he came off as a he, he probably thought that he was doing really well in that front because he's notorious for his twitter stuff and for yeah, doing yeah. flashy public stuff so he probably was like no i'm doing all right you know there were some bad things that i did but i have this other side and i mean I, when I, it comes did, to voting his his you know 100 millionaire friends don't count. Don't count. Does the um? Does anybody know what the numbers were? How how badly she uh, beat him? Not not crazy. I think yeah, it was okay. like sixty forty or whatever. Like okay. I mean, it was like it was a it was a good win, but it wasn't like a landslide. What about like, the other guys' coalition? They didn't take too much. No, ten percent or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but the, uh, I'll the, tell you the Project Montreal people that uh, it's the only mayoral city municipal party I've ever encountered doing stuff. Hmm. city well the end and, and they that come was, out the, and they do the, stuff and that was see a, them the, and that was a big part of their platform was like grassroots like actually being at, at events and being like like just like uh like, like sterling I, I see sterling all over the place yeah they they were like, like apparently like even protests and whatever like project Montreal would would show up and be like if you'd like to know what our opinion is on this issue that you're talking huh. about like we're here to answer questions you know and you're sort of like neat <laughs> like you know like that's 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 going to turn a lot of people, even if you don't agree with necessarily yeah, yeah, yeah. their politics, you're like, oh, they're sitting here as a direct line of communication. At now, this. that said, Peter McQueen does kind of the same thing, and I don't know how, how well he sells himself or his project. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's another thing. Like, yeah. you have to be present and not be awful. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, uh, like I was saying, Sterling, the guy from um, St. Henry? Mm-hmm. Big white beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him at protests he was at the highland games he was just like hanging around talking to people he does youtube shows and little montreal hmm. television yeah. shows and he was talking about the attacks in san Henry where there was 10 kids mm-hmm. running around kicking people's really yeah he was just like this is wrong and we need help and hmm. yeah he's I, around, I mean you know? uh, i think any i mean i think like not again i don't want to say i feel bad for him because i, I but it was just sort of like i think it was a bad he arranged it to lose <laughs> Mm-hmm. In a way, I feel that like the three, like everybody knew that 2017 was going to be like a like a, a traffic Armageddon, right? Mm-hmm. That that was like a thing that I read about in like three four years ago. They were yep. sort of like with all of these plans, 2017 will be one of the. I think and it it builds 
it builds to I'm gonna turn this off. It builds to I think twenty nineteen might be the worst year or whatever. But there was like a whole Oh god. <laughs> it's gonna get worse? Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like like this is just like the road plans, like people like, knew that I work at the hospital yeah. <laughs> right in the middle of it. Yeah. But you metro in. I metro in, none mm. of my patients yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's gonna get better. I don't know. Oh. But all, all I'm saying is that like I knew about this years ago. Like the Gazette wrote an article yeah, being yeah. like, it's mm-hmm. just like here's it's gonna get worse. So it's like just the t- like the timing of him kind of going all in on Montreal 375. So spending all of this money on this flashy nonsense while all of us are like, we can't get to any of your flashing nonsense. Every road is closed. Yeah. Like it's just like you're just sort of like election time, and you're like, well, screw this guy. Like, who can't keep his shit together to the point where he's lighting up the bridge when most of the bridges are closed. You know, (laughs) you're just like, that is just like, it's such a weird PR nightmare on paper to look at the road construction, have nothing happening, everything shut down, and then watching all this money get spent somewhere else. And Mm -hmm. then there was money being spent on the weirdest fucking shit. Like, I don't know if you've taken that highway where they painted half of it blue. Oh, yeah, that's the worst. They but uh, to, the their, to their blue. credit. Like, these weird little. Okay, so there's these sound their, barrier just, walls on the. Yeah, it's coming in on the 20. And it's. it's suppo- okay, so first and it's of this all. Old, it's this old, boring where sound on the barrier. Uh, just it, past how, the turn from the Mercier. So if you, how to if watch, you go yeah, left, you go to the Mercier. If you go right, you go. It's a very specific route. It's supposed to be a river flowing from the airport to the city. That is actually what the artist said. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're talking like near Dorval? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Not, not near Dorval. Yeah, no, it starts, there's stuff near Dorval. Like, yeah, like well, bits of purple start popping up in Dorval, and then okay. it keeps building up into the 20 through the, through the Whiskey Trench, all that stuff. Like. All right, so if you're going, if you're going uh, past NDG, yeah. Montreal on, on Road, and, and you head north on the 20, uh-huh. so toward, into Lachine. 20 runs east-west, bro. You need, the 20? West. Odd highways run north-south. Evens run east-west. Road tips. Yeah, so you're taking the 15 and then you turn on the 20 because yeah. it's on the 20. That's it, so you turn going west on the 20. Yes. Yes. The 15 I take it when south. I'm getting going to Laval all the time, so it, yeah. it's up to me. Yeah. Um, it, it's normally this brown concrete sound mm, barrier. Now there's like ugly splashes of purple all over yeah. the And then they painted weird like parts of it blue and then stripes of it blue and then... Like it's not even a nice blue. It's yeah, it's like this weird, weird purpley blue. There's also kind of weird blue lightsabers. That's what I'm saying. They're kind of yep. like further down. And it what it cost three million dollars to the city's credit on that one. Most of it was paid for by I think BMO or CIBC. It was mostly paid for by a bank. <laughs> a mix of it too, which explains why it's that weird purple color. <laughs> they each demanded their corporate colors be yeah, applied possibly. to the city. Like it's yeah. it's the, the the city actually paid very little for that nonsense. Because so, when so I then, saw that, Sarah was driving and I like immediately looked up. I'm like, am I paying for this? Like, <laughs> am I paying for this nonsense? And I was like, oh, okay. This was not really right. taxpayer money. Now but, let's take all of that money they spent to paint it and stick everyone in horrible traffic so they have to stare at it for hours <laughs> every day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, hilarious. hilarious. Kind of hilarious, also awful. And that's like, how you that's paint how you a end picture up with... that you don't get elected. Yep. <laughs> okay, so are we done feeling bad for him? Mm. Uh-huh. Anyway, we have a new mayor. Uh, the I'll, I'll never forget him for... He's the one who picked the fight with Shane Doan in the NHL. So, that's... How do you pick the fight with Shane Doan? But Shane Doan's kind of a jerk. Shane Doan's kind of a jerk, <laughs> and Shane Doan said something kind of jerky to a French guy on the ice. Yeah. And when Coderre was a member of parliament with the liberals in, 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 in Ottawa, mm-hmm. he, he demanded an apology from Shane Doan on behalf of Quebec. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do your job. <laughs> just, <laughs> just hang up and go back to work. <laughs> You're the 
dumbest motherfucker ever. But again, that that, that kind of speaks to his like, I guess like social media awareness. Like he was yeah, trying to make that's some social was, media awareness. He moves. was he was trying to make a he was trying to make a fun news story or whatever. Anyway, <sighs> fun fact. Uh, um, and when he would show up on construction sites and put on one of those hard hats and okay, look like I'm he's like, a Allez, allez, je vais être un meme. Anyway. Uh, I guess like to wrap for a wrap on Valerie Plant and Praja Marial because we don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I actually spent a lot of time reading over their policies and yep. their platform and Coderre's platform was much better written, had a lot more actual points to it. She has a lot of vague stuff on her platform. Oh, yeah. But yeah. we do, this is unrelated to policy. She is the only female, like she's the mayor of the largest city in North America as a female. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to pr- Properly express that statistic. I think it makes sense. Of yes. female mayors in the North America, her city she is, is the mayor of the largest city. Correct. Right. That's right. Which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. I was like that we have a major metropolitan city. I mean, just hopefully, assuming she does a good job. Of course. Yeah, don't fuck this up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Don't don't Kim Campbell this. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do it, do it well. And uh, I guess we'll... Also, t- like, please don't get horribly corrupt, because this is Montreal. Right. And there's a lot of construction that needs to be done. And I guess in other only minor related local news, I went and did the VR thing at a maze. I wanted to talk about that. Oh, yeah. So I've done a lot of couch VR. Mm-hmm. This is a smooth transition. Please do not talk about porn. <laughs> anyway, I've done... Cast uh, and couch VR. Cast and couch VR. Uh, I really I, did wait, job. He started this off with him <laughs> being on the couch. Hey. Hold on a second here. Um, yeah, exactly. I've done. I've have the, uh, the what do you call it? The Samsung Gear thing and the S7. Is this a Miramax mm-hmm. joke? I hope it's not a Miramax no, joke. <laughs> With the wine skin. Oh, damn it. Played some VR games there. I played the PlayStation VR. Mm-hmm. So I've done some VR things. I've never gone on a full Oculus Rift rig. Yep. Uh, so the people who do the escape rooms in Montreal are the really high class escape rooms in Montreal. It's a company called Amaze, A slash Maze. And my friends who've done escape rooms say that they're the best. And apparently they're like they're renowned. Like globally, they're like hmm. well done escape rooms, very immersive, like good decor. All we that should stuff. go. Yeah, we should as yeah. a team. Yeah. Anyway, so they uh, had a VR escape room experience uh, for the Halloween week. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than putting you in a room you have to escape from, they give you a helmet and say, "Pretend you're in a room." No, they can't. so they actually they, it's kind it's kind of neat. They do. But the, you're in a room anyway. It's just full of VR helmets. <laughs> <laughs> what they actually there, there's a bit of a storyline. I'll tell you. I mean, I, th- I think that this is done, but I mean, they built the rigs. So there's going to be more. So I'll tell you. What's this thing called? This is called a maze. A slash maze. Yeah, M A Z E. Um. So, but the the rig that they put you in, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you about the rig, and then I'll tell you about the story. The rig that they put you in is a like a full Oculus thing that goes like on your head, has a connector up to the ceiling so you can move around. You have like a handheld thing that, in the purpose of this one, was your flashlight mm-hmm. that you moved around, and you're on a treadmill so you can like walk and move and do all sorts of stuff. And mm. the setup for it was very kind of like base level stuff. Was that you were trapped in this room with this little girl and the little girl had like psychic powers and had built this like um like manner like haunted manner thing in her head and then was like projecting you into it so that was the vr component to be like you now like you talk to the little girl and it's like Mm -hmm. and then you're like in this world and you're looking for clues that kind of apply into the actual escape room part of it so you're like i came out you come out of the vision every uh every person has like the same experience 
but they're like the clues are kind of different in each one so you go through as a team of four and each of you gets to do a 15 minute vr thing and you come out with clues to try to like put it together in the room hmm. pretty fun okay uh but yeah like the, the walking around was just insane like it was like i don't i cannot figure out how they did it but there's a at several points so the, the treadmill only goes one way it's not a right. it's not a 360 uh. treadmill at several points in the uh, the VR part, you turn a corner at 90 degrees. And I was like, I know that I am turning 90 degrees with my body. Or it feels like I'm turning 90 degrees with my body. Mm-hmm. At, so you turn a couple times. But I'm like, but I, like, part of me is like, but the treadmill only goes one way. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no, I was like, maybe they make you, like, walk slightly on an angle until you're and kind of on a diagonal and then straighten yeah. you out. You know, that like, so when you're, turn- but it was just, it was just such a weird, like, sensation. And then I was like, it almost kind of, like, took me out of the VR experience because I was like, how is this happening in my brain? I was like, <laughs> like, I was like, this is, doesn't make any sense. Right, I'm walking right, right. down a corridor. Okay, but you didn't watch the other people doing it? Yeah, and no, at no point would I be able to identify when they kind of really turned 90 degrees. Hmm. I also went, like, last, so I didn't necessarily know there were 90 degree right, turns. Right, right, right. I would have probably paid more attention <laughs> to be, like, staring at them to be like, and also you're kind of trying to solve the problem while. They're off in the other thing. But yeah, kind of like super fun. I assume they're going to do more because they have this whole giant expensive VR so, rig. Was it expensive? Uh, it was $15 a person. That's really not a lot. So for a 15-minute VR thing and yeah. then like 40 minutes in the escape room to kind of like right. you're undoing locks and doing whatever. It was like as an escape room, it was pretty easy. Yeah. Like basically uh, what kind of happened was is there were like numbers that got projected in the thing and then there was sort of like a code to crack with the numbers and then you had to unlock it and the rest were sort of houdini locks i don't know if you ever played with houdini locks no. like they're like trick locks which are sort of like puzzles into themselves right like right. you just have to like unhook the thing and twist yeah, the yeah, thing yeah exactly yeah. that's it like more like a brain teaser puzzle but yeah okay. pretty i would say about 15 bucks for an hour and a bit and there's and like yeah. an, a pl- an a plus vr experience yeah, too. like yeah. it was just sort of like a fun little escape game and i mean i don't think we're any of us are really in a situation to do vr with a moving platform under us no, no <laughs> you know, like that was uh, yeah. So I guess a plus and yeah, talking to the guys, they said yeah, they're gonna probably do more VR experiences and stuff. So Nito, cool. so what else is going on, y'all? I got hit in the head. Oh yeah, you played baseball and you won the big game. Yep, won the big game and then hit got, in the head. Got hit right in the back of the head. Nice. Wait, after the game? And during the game? Okay, what happened? Uh, Dinger. Well, no, oh. I was running. I was running home and the center fielder threw the pitch. From Are you out? No, I'm not out. Because, I, I mean, like, the whole thing is getting tagged by the ball. Then you're out no, at base. But no, you they're not allowed to throw the ball at you to get you out. Yeah, because I was like, like I really and there's another world with manlier men where so baseball is played I was like, I think manner. I just hacked yeah. baseball. He <laughs> was like, ding! He <laughs> <laughs> was like, nail the runner out. <laughs> I, I had already crossed the plate, so I had already scored my run. Oh, wow, so that pitch was hell off. And it, the pitch was hell off and hit me Without that any sucks. warning, yeah. from behind, right in the back of the skull. Did you go to concussion at the at the hospital? Thankfully, one of the uh, players that played in the game before our game was hanging out in the bleachers with his team getting drunk. Yeah. And he was like, I'm an EMT. Nice. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna and even a drunk EMT is still an EMT. He was like, I'm, gonna yeah. d- I'm sober enough, but I'm going to run you through the checks now. So I missed a couple innings, but I was okay. I'm not concussed. Good. Nice. Back in the game. Not pleased. Well, yeah. yeah, it's like a bummer. Yeah, man, don't. Next next year, I've decided I'm wearing a helmet to play hmm. when I'm on the base paths because there are enough mooks out there that don't know how to throw straight. So, yeah, I mean, you're playing in a beer league. <laughs> there, are, so even <laughs> just takes a random night for a guy to have too many beers and be like, "I'm a page to home." Doc, oh, sorry, Scott. Right. I've now you can't you. work because you 
Yeah. I mean, I got hit right there in the back of the skull. And if it was like maybe two or three inches over, it would have been right in the brainstem. So, can yeah. we do a quick maybe greatest hits of the injuries you sustained this season playing softball? This season, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just this year. And this is my fourth year consecutive playing. Right. I, I played all, all, all through school. I uh, tore my rotator cuff. I scraped the hell out of scraped your leg. Scraped the hell out of my leg twice. Because <laughs> <laughs> the last time I scraped my hell out of my leg, I almost died at home. Did I tell you this story? No. Shit. So I left Do my... Tell, Scott. <laughs> earlier in the season, I scraped the hell out of my leg. And I decided that for the rest of the year, I'd wear one of my soccer shin guards over my leg mm-hmm. so as not to reopen this wound. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I would leave my shin guard out as it is a plastic and foam piece of protective equipment. It gets a little funky if you don't dry it out. Right. Stepped on it and slid. Nope. Uh, then Marissa was like, I don't want this soccer shin guard sitting out on the bench by the entranceway and put it away. Mm-hmm. It's a fair thing to do. Sure. Before the game, I could not find it. Knowing that she was the one who moved it, I got a little upset with her. Where is it? Where did you put it? I, 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 I need, need to go. answers. And she was like, it's in the closet. I looked in the closet. I didn't find it. She came over to the closet, pulled it out of the closet, mm-hmm. which, again, she knew exactly where she had put it. Right. And then, this is something I did that saved my life. Otherwise, would have been dead. I said... After we fumed about it for a couple minutes, I walked up to her and I said, thank you for finding it. I'm sorry I got upset. It wasn't your fault. I'm just, I was just anxious because I, I got to get going. But I'm, I'm, if that sequence hadn't have happened, dead. <laughs> because she's taking care of Archer and I'm looking at the shin guard and I'm like, it's October. It's going to be cold out there. I don't think I'm going to slide in the wet, cold sand. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to wear my shin guard. Slid in the wet, cold sand. Ripped my leg open in the exact same place. Nice. Nice one, Scott. Yeah. Came home and had to explain to her that uh, I tore my leg open. And the reason that I wasn't wearing my shin guard was because I decided, after having yelled at her to find it, you not, didn't to, not to wear it. <laughs> Jesus. That's God. a good one, buddy. <laughs> That's a good one. What? Uh, uh, where did, how'd you guys place? Uh, with our big win right at the end of the season, yep. we finished third to last. Nay. Yeah. Out of how many teams? <laughs> Eleven. Oh, okay. Not yeah, the yeah. worst. Yeah, we. Did you get my, draft picks? My team got got rocked between summer and fall ball. Yeah. Um, three of our best players got knocked out. Timmy tore, tore his hamstring. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh got hit with a pitch playing in the men's league. Okay. Right in the temple. Yeah. And he's he's actual serious concussion. Could not play the rest of of the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, our shortstop, Darren, broke his toe Ugh. at home. Playing with Man, his I've been fencing for eight weeks now. Ain't never been knocked out. Fancy, with a fancy white person sport. Tinfoil <laughs> thing. Whatever, man. I'm throwing swords uh, around. Scott. Yeah, what else happened? You saw Baby I, Driver. Yeah, I saw Baby Driver. When I was recovering from my injuries. Yeah. Uh, this is a movie that I saw a while ago. And I, I refused to rank it because it exists in such a weird, nebulous place. So... And now I don't know how to rank it because it also stars a sex offender. <laughs> this is going to oh be an yeah. interesting discussion. <laughs> Scott's, Scott. like, Scott's like, what? Okay, oh, so right. we, we already heard the long review. Why don't you give like the, the mini oh, review? Quick like five-second yeah. synopsis of, of Baby Driver. Yeah. Go back to episode whatever. When just Google, put, Go to the search, type Baby Driver. You'll find the 90 answer. Right it's a heist movie Driver. with three heists and different 
heist people in it. Right. Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. John Hamm. Yeah. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Ooh. And Baby. And Baby. And, and, uh, and directed, written and directed by Edgar Wright. Yeah. So the reason I had a hard time ranking this film. That's because it's so damn clever. But also lacking a ton of substance. Yeah. How's that working out for you? But like it survives being clever. Being clever. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. Like as, as a feat of just like editing. I mean, for Fight Club, it worked out very well. Yeah. Yeah. Like as a feat of editing, it's insane. Right, that like every action sequence is basically a choreographed dance vi- you music know, video. I haven't heard a single other person mention that in all of the other well, reviews they're of crazy. Baby Driver. Maybe they that didn't I, notice that that scene where he goes to get coffee after the first heist. Yeah, amazing. Holy shit! Sabotage with the guns, also amazing. Like, I I think that people are dumb. Yeah, and it's so subtle that they don't get it because everything like, is happening in perfect time to the music. The scene where he goes to get the coffee and all of the lyrics. Yeah, or spray, spray painted on or the wall like, as the, they're said. Like, yeah, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, or they're like topically, like with, you know, as he sidesteps someone, that's about the so- that's a lyric in the song. Or yeah, when he talks to someone, that's a lyric in like, the song. Like sidestep, talking, and yeah. it's like as he like starts, it's like it's insanity. Like again, I yeah, feel that okay. perhaps people Let's are not watching Scott. it with a critical eye. What do you have to say, Scott? Again, uh, great music, perfectly chosen music. Yep. Editing is super insane. Like I said, as a technical feat, it's insanity. Like, just it's it just kind of like if you if you remove the music and the uh, the choreography essentially from the film, you just have kind of a subpar heist movie. Well, it's like how do you talk about your favorite pizza? Right? Like this is the best pizza think I've ever about, had. Think about pizza. about pizza. Now think of it as amazing. <laughs> like, like really, you can't pitch pizza to your parents. They're just always going to be like, okay, you can, yeah, if it's no, the that best was good pizza, pizza ever, yeah. and that's. Is this the best heist movie ever? No, because uh, as a heist film, it's not that clever. Like, I would take... It's not David Mamet. It's not, like, the heist. Right. It's not... It's not even Ocean's Eleven in terms of the heist. It's just car chases. They they do a crime, and then they run away with it in a... They run away from the crime in a car. Yeah, it's, it's really glossy. And that's not bad, because glossy good is hard to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Kevin Spacey's character is, I find, very badly written. Like, just all of a sudden, he's like, I do care about love. Now go, baby. Like, it's very weird. Like, even though he's basically the, like, he's, like, largely the, like, antagonist for most of the movie until Jamie Foxx kind of takes that And then he becomes the good guy. And then he just flips to being the guy. Like, the love story is kind of forced. Like, I don't feel any real connection between Baby and Deborah. Like, other than the fact that they're, like, talking. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. other than the fact that they're lonely yeah exactly like their connection is like we are two lonely people here we go like you know like it's it's it's, it's hard to rank because i was like it sounds like a tough sell um it's unless, it's 100 percent worth watching unless you're there for the visuals and as, a, as and the music and the action scenes and the, yeah. there's some cool character work there yeah yeah the character yeah. it's just it's a tough sell to buy the criterion dvd it's absolutely worth watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it a great movie? Okay, so here, from listening to you guys talk, I'm just going to start with Top Gun. I would put it under Top Gun. I would say it is under Top Gun. Okay. I would put it above The Fate of the Furious, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, in terms of car movies. Yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> that's, 
that may be exactly where it goes. Gentlemen. I believe that we didn't have the Fate and the Furious on the list when I was <laughs> when I was ranking it. Because if I knew where Fate and the Furious ranked, this would be a lot easier. One of the things that I will also say is that, like a tag up to Baby Driver. I love the fact that the um, the chase sequences are not perfect. Like when he weaves in and out of traffic, he'll kind of like clip a bumper as he like comes in. You know, like a slight nod at realism. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, yeah, there's no way. Like you watch Fast and the Furious, you're like. Like, cause in Fast and the Furious, cars don't get wrecked unless it's, like, to serve the cars, wreck. Cars don't get wrecked when they're driving through bulletproof, windproof glass in the 70s stories. Of yeah, exactly. They only get wrecked when it is time for the car to get wrecked. Yeah. Like, right. Cars don't take collateral damage as they're weaving in and out. Like, everybody drives perfectly in the Fast and the Furious in a perfect formation. You're like, no. Like a video game from 1997. There's no car damage until the car explodes. Yeah, ex- <laughs> yeah basically. Whereas I'm like, just, like, the fact that Bumping and all that stuff to me like makes a hundred percent sense because even at, I guess like the highest level of driving where contact is kind of allowed is NASCAR and they bump each other, you know like they're they're not trying to usually <laughs> but it's like you have pro star NASCAR drivers who are going to occasionally like screw up a lane change and it happens. I uh, it's it's good. It's just I say good, not great. That's yeah. like the – it could have been great. That was the part of the thing that bugged me also is that it's a lot of the ingredients for greatness. Hmm. The thing for me was the sudden turn to gore at the end of the third heist. Yeah, I guess. When he, when, when he drives into the other truck, I was like, huh, that was shockingly bloody. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm decidedly against it. But it's out of nowhere though. It's It doesn't – build up to that I didn't I didn't mind it because I kind of always got the impression that like baby was being sheltered from that element of the heists and it was just sort of like confronting the character with the reality of what he's doing but he was completely unfazed by it Mm, I guess (laughs) it was that scene had no impact on the rest yeah of his behavior yeah all right, mm. definitely watch it. I'm, I mean, like, I, I really, it. really meant to. I really had it on the plans, and then I got screwed over by working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's, yeah. It, it's clever. It sounds good. It looks good. It just. I still listen to this, the soundtrack it, on the regular. It sounds like the perfect workout movie. I would not. I would. I would. I would put There's, a caveat that you do need to be paying a lot of attention during the action sequences to appreciate the the mm. synchronicity of the music to the editing. Like, that's something that kind of has to happen. So I'll wait for it on Blu-ray. <laughs> here's, here's what I think is wrong with it. I don't think the characters are cool enough to get away with how cool the movie is. Yeah, sense. If the movie is very cool, the characters are not yeah. as cool, right? Like, Baby is hes kind of cool, but he's also kind of weird and Yeah, and I mean, he's all, you kind of get the fact that but he's... The, Jamie Foxx and John Hamm, not that cool. Right. Demi Kevin Spacey. Lo- Demi Lovato, that's the girl. Was Demi Lovato? I think so. I think it's. I don't think that's Demi Lovato. No, it was. uh... No, there was a Demi Lovato song on the soundtrack that I took off. That's right. (laughs) I removed it from the playlist. It was Jessica Alba. Wasn't Jessica Alba? No, Jessica. Absolutely not Jessica Alba. Anyway, whatever, man. We don't have phones in our pockets. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Literally, was just looking. There's no way. I was literally just looking at the list on nine to five dot cc. Speaking of car movies, I saw Cars three. Gonna put that the worst of the Disney Pixar Pix- films. The worst of the Pixar films, Cars three. Certainly Cars two. I can't imagine Cars three and really picked it up. Cars three was more Cars than Cars two. Better than Cars two. Oh, okay. So maybe that. Maybe it is. Cars apparently, 2. apparently, I I, don't, I can't speak for Cars three, but I knew that there was a statistic that absolutely every Pixar film scores over ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes, except, except for, for Cars two. Yeah. Well, Cars two is pretty dumb. <laughs> 
As far but as the film about talking cars goes, right. <laughs> it was not great. Well, the weird thing that Cars 3 does is that Toy Story 3 thing. They're just like, we made it to 3. Let's get really depressing. Aww. And it did. Yeah. It's all about him getting old and not being able to keep up anymore. It mm. planned obsolescence is a bitch, isn't it? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so this is the story of Lightning McQueen. Oh my goodness. Hang on. Listener comment. Listener, longtime listener Bruce pointed out that the hubcaps do not fly off the Mustang and bullet. Steve McQueen's bullet. That was the connection to Lightning McQueen. Uh-huh. Because the Mustang has mags, the hubcaps fly off the Dodge Charger. Scott, you messed up your fact last episode. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. So cars? <laughs> yes. We talked about bullet last episode, and yeah, Scott no. said the hubcaps fly off the Mustang, and they don't. Yeah. The it's Mustang the has mags. It's the, it's the Charger. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Get your facts right, Scott. 90S has prides itself on facts. <laughs> and professionalism. And professionalism. And, you know, I'll tell you the thing, watching Bullet that always impressed me and wouldn't impress anyone else really, like the, the small population, is in the early in the scene, he, there's a there's a surgery mm-hmm. in the ER and they're like doing an operation mm-hmm. and they're asking for equipment that is, is operating room equipment. Yeah. Well, it's appa- like, oh shit, I used to do that stuff. That yeah. whole the whole entire movie and one of the reasons why it's so boring is because it is like they they were really really trying to make it factual. Like for like almost oh, like it's very authentic. Crappy boring police stuff, crappy boring hospital stuff. Like most of that movie is very dull and very boring. <laughs> and then you're like, and now here is a 30 the, minute car chase. Like a 30 minute car chase scene that's basically going to revolutionize car chase. Which movie? Bullet. 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 Yeah. And apparently there's also there's a new Mustang Bullet being made. For I think a Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie, but it is hmm. still not a remake of Bullet. But there's a new car being made that Dwayne the Rock Johnson will drive. Hmm. Uh, Cars three. So what is it? Lightning McQueen can't race anymore. Well, he starts getting replaced by the new model of like super NASCAR cars. Right. So he's basically now the Daytona Supercharger in yep. the first movie. That's him. He's just the hunted. Hmm. And then he's got to go find out how to race smart rather than race fast. But his name is Lightning. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> does he do it? Yeah, he does. Well, good for him. And then he retires. Yeah. But that's like kind of the, again, though, that's sort of the payoff because in like Toy Story 3, they kind of don't do it. They just get sent to a daycare <laughs> wherever the heck they end up. Like, well, it's just like that. Huh. Okay. And then he retires. So how are we going to rank? Then he, then he boxes Tommy Morrison and. Do we need to? Do you want to rank? I mean, we have. We yeah, have I do want to rank it. We got some kids' movies up there. We're here and we got Zootopia. Yeah. It's not as good as Utopia. Oh, when it's way down. It's Moana? not as good as Moana. Oh man! Come on, this is the okay of the one of the worst Pixar movies. Makes sense. And Power Fantastic Rage. Beasts and Where to Find Them. Or did nobody here see that? I saw that. Yeah, Fantastic Beasts well, I mean, and Where to Find Them. One of us had to see it to get on. No the way! That's, no, a, that's that was a Phil. Phil ranking. That was Phil. <laughs> that was a Phil ranking. You did? Yeah. Oh. When, we had, when when Phil was on, he was yeah. like, "Can I rank a movie on the list?" Where's the Fantastic hell yeah. Beasts? Uh, it's just underneath Return to Newcomb High and just above Independence Day Resurgence. Well, I was going to say Mordecai. <laughs> well, I'm looking at kids' movies. That'll okay, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Power Rangers. Hellboy. It's probably better than Hellboy. Okay. I mean, you ha- you have a soft spot for kids' movies. Uh, um, but Power Rangers? Better than Power Rangers? Yeah, it's, it's, better better than Power- than, it's better than Hellboy. It's better than Power Rangers. So, I mean, it's better than Crush Groove, better than uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Like, this is some bad movies. Better than Rush, which is oddly comparable. <laughs> Weird. Um, I would say it's probably So right. now, we're in, now we're into Solus and Dragon Slayer. Because you said it's not better than Moana. Yeah, it, I'm going to yeah. say right under Moana, right above Solus. <laughs> we did it, Reddit. 
I mean, it's still a Disney Pixar movie. It, yeah, it, yeah, it is pushing those buttons. Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to be like a full on disaster. Yeah, well, unless it's Cars too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, didn't they, did they actually make the Planes movie? I feel the Planes movie has. There's to two be Planes one. movies. Jeez, man, why? Spoken like a dad with a kid. Yes. I, I feel watched a lot of kids movies, but I I watched kids movies even before I had a kid. So yeah, I, I, I watched most of the Pixar stuff. I've kind of slowed off because TV's gotten better. Yep. Uh, do we have anything else we want to talk about? I think we have a question from the audience. Mm. Oh, we do have a question. Yeah, from the audience. where's that printout? I got it. I got it, y'all. This is a big audience participation episode. We have audience comment Twice. from Man, we Bruce. Are, we are chaining topics together uh-huh. here. This is great. Uh-huh. Someone else want to read it? Cause I, I, I do. A question one. from longtime listener, Jer. Right. Is that how it's pronounced? Oh, man, I'm really sorry. I Jer- mucked that up. <laughs> Jer, do you want to read it? John, uh, as Scott is a father, as well as a guy steeped in various fandoms, uh, Jerb is interested to know how he plans to introduce these things to his child. How to make sure that he gets to share cool things he loves instead of, instead of having them shunned as junk dad likes. It would be extra awesome to hear his thoughts on this with rebuttals from his partner. If only to hear another man beside myself losing arguments to his wife. Losing arguments? Mm-hmm. Jer, don't, don't argue about that stuff. <laughs> you argue about where your shin pads are. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you argue about. You, you can show your kid whatever you want when she's hanging with her girlfriends. <laughs> but uh, there is some selective processes that I have taken in terms of my fandoms and my son. So things like Empire Strikes Back. I have kept him spoiler free from this. Nice. It is really hard to do, but I don't. I have friends. He dressed up as Darth Vader for Halloween. He is Darth Vader. He, he, he's seen A New Hope a couple of times. You don't think it's going to like shatter his tiny little mind? Well, that's like, exactly it. I, don't, I want it to shatter his tiny little mind. I don't want it to be that thing he watched when he was between Sesame Street episodes. Right. I now, you can, you can take this a step further. If you can make it all the way to like 13 or 14, and if he can find out that Terminator... Is not the bad guy in T2. We can find out how big a deal that is. <laughs> we can find out how much it blows your mind. <laughs> when Schwarzenegger shows Dude, up in T2. Right. Hold on, hold on. This is a big deal. We could get cameras set, and literally set, record set reminder, that moment. Ten years from now, yeah. <laughs> when Archer is old enough to watch T2, if you can keep him a decade. What's without... great is it won't be well, popular, I mean, and that yeah, it's not going to be super. Nobody's going to talk about it. Yeah. yeah, it's not going to be in the trailers, right? They're just not going to throw those in. His yeah, face. exactly. Um, Goodbye. So that's one. Like, I don't want him to watch Empire until he's old enough to appreciate the, the like, sudden reveal. Right. And I don't want it to be, like, old hat for him. I've mm. done that. But we have, like, Hot Wheels spaceships. He loves those. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen A New Hope a few times. He's take it or leave it, but he likes the space fights and the sword fights. Mm-hmm. He had a Star Wars birthday last year yeah. and got a bunch of pool noodle lightsabers that he loves chasing people around. What's extra awesome is you're giving him the crappy swords fights first, right? So, like, he yeah. still has the space to be impressed by the Darth Maul one rather than seeing that first because it is kind of more of a dumb, goofy kids movie than A New Hope. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, another thing that you do, uh, at least, is, like, you roll with the stuff that he notices. Like, if I'm saying, like, when you, you were telling me that you watch wrestling videos, and if he's like, hey, what's that? You're like, oh, I will show you more of the thing that you yeah. notice. Like, like the geeky thing that he, like, saw Daddy watching and latched onto, you're like, okay, I'll run with that. Because I remember he was, like, so hyped for wrestling when we went to go see that wrestling thing because he was like, he liked the power slams or whatever. So you're <laughs> like, I'm just going to show you power slams. I'm not going to sit there and watch, like, technical mat work for a while being like, this is great. We're promos 
at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not going to watch people cutting promos. We're going to see big people pick up other people and throw them at the mat. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like latching on to the stuff that he, like, naturally gravitates towards. And I also kind of keep him away from the stuff that he's too young, not for, but to appreciate. So, like, one of the fandoms that I'm really into is G.I. Joe. Right. And he's too young for it. He doesn't – he won't get it. He won't understand good guys, bad guys – plot to take over the earth mm-hmm. i'm waiting just put that aside there's other stuff out there that he's ready for like batman and spider-man mm-hmm. and he's he's, he's have, you done, have you done any transformers with him um there's a transformer series on netflix called mm-hmm. rescue bots okay where <laughs> they fight disasters right. and they don't fight decepticons huh. so he's aware of that and optimus prime and bumblebee Guest right. into that to help them with. So Riss isn't disasters. here to answer, but you could probably say what her opinion of you indoctrinating him into the world of geek is. I'm, I've never forced him on anything, and sometimes his whims will take him away from stuff. Mm-hmm. But like this weekend, he said, "Daddy, I want to watch Spider-Man with Venom," and I was like, "Oh, okay." And that's because he got a Venom action figure last year that he just uncovered again in his toy box. Mm-hmm. So I dug up the animated series from the 90s, and I showed him the three episodes with Venom. Nice. He learned that Venom is weak to really loud noises, and he started yelling at me whenever we played Spider-Man and Venom. So, <laughs> so do you think you're just going to like it? That would have backfired a little. You're, you're, well, you're, it's great. It's like your symbiote's going to just like disengage from you. <laughs> I, I play Venom. I'm like, I'm going to get you, Spider-Man. And he just screams at the top of his lungs, so I melt into a puddle. And he's like, that's how it works. <laughs> well, I know what to do now if ever I'm being chased by Venom. This world um, is logically consistent. And he has his own likes and, and, and preferences. Like, right now, he's really into anything... Purple. That, well, <laughs> anything that has to do with high school girl cartoons. So he likes... My Little Pony Equestria Girls. He likes Bratz. Monster High. He likes... Bratz. Oh, man, he probably would if he watched it. Um, so he, he got all into that, and Bratz. I was like, Arch, I got a show for you. DC Superhero Girls. And it's exactly that, but it's Wonder Woman and Supergirl and Batgirl right. having adventures. And he's like, this is amazing. Hooray. So you can find stuff and like we live in the golden age of geek media yeah right? there's stuff like, everywhere not only is stuff not everywhere not friends. only is new stuff being made but like we have a hundred years of back catalog that's available yeah, yeah, to yeah, us yeah. all the time back. oh yeah. man i can't imagine what it would have been like to be a geek dad when i was a kid just be like oh this is the thing i used to watch in the 70s the spider woman cartoon and yeah. Like, oh, that's nice, and that's where the conversation would end. And not be able to immediately produce it. it. The yeah. old Hulk cartoons or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hercules. Yeah, you wouldn't even get a hold of Spider Man Sixty. Like maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe you'd get. A hold on, hold on. That that show has some moments. Yeah. This show does have some moments, but it wasn't yeah. on demand. But it's still not obtainable. Yeah, like, like maybe the video store would have one tape. You wouldn't be able to be like, let's watch the old Spider Mans. Like you wouldn't. I guess that's true. I guess that I guess that was the attraction of those old shows that were always on reruns uh, in the middle yeah. of the night. You know, yeah. the old yeah. Yeah. So fine. That's how you do it. Like. Pick and choose. Pick and choose. Uh, Try to save some of the mysteries so it's not too, too old and and roll with it because there's a lot more of it out there. Man, I'm super not joking about the Terminator thing. Like, that. that's a, for real. He could have that moment. So, uh, loyal listener Jar, I think we have given you some parenting advice for your children. <laughs> and also, like, just back it up before that. Like, marry a geek if you're a geek. Yeah. You know, that's... If you're, like, super into, like, superheroes and comic books and you're just like... Hey, this woman, I think I'm going to marry her. I hate all of these things. Back it up. (laughs) 
Yeah, kids are going to have a weird sense of humor, Scott. Because <laughs> you and your wife agree on a lot of things. Funny is not one of them. Super Troopers. She doesn't like Super Troopers. <laughs> she doesn't like kids at all. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Your kid's going to have a weird sense of humor. Ah, Look, if you're a fan of the show and uh, the site in general, uh, please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9to5dotcc, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9to number 5cc on Twitter. So, uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb, usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9 to 5 Illustrated every Wednesday, a new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 90s or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have Fine Arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. All right, thanks. 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.